Job chapter 24. Why aren't times laid up by the Almighty? Why don't those who know Him see His days? There are people who remove the landmarks. They violently take away flocks and feed them. They drive away the donkey of the fatherless, and they take the widow's ox for a pledge. They turn the needy out of the way. The poor of the earth all hide themselves. Behold, as wild donkeys in the desert, they go out to their works, seeking diligently for food. The wilderness yields them bread for their children. They cut their food in the field. They glean the vineyard of the wicked. They lie all night naked without clothing and have no covering in the cold. They are wet with the showers of the mountains and embrace the rock for lack of a shelter. They are those who pluck the fatherless from the breast and take a pledge of the poor so that they go around naked without clothing. Being hungry, they carry the sheaves. They make oil within the walls of these men. They tread wine presses and suffer thirst. From out of the populous city, men groan. The soul of their wounded cries out. Yet God doesn't regard the folly. These are those who rebel against the light. They don't know its paths, nor stay in its paths. The murderer rises with the light. He kills the poor and the needy. In the night he is like a thief. The eye also of the adulterer waits for the twilight, saying, No eye will see me. He disguises his face. In the dark they dig through houses. They shut themselves up in the daytime. They don't know the light. For the morning is all for the morning is to all of them like thick darkness, for they know the terrors of the thick darkness. They are foam on the surface of the waters, their portion is cursed in the earth. They don't turn into the way of the vineyards. Drought and heat consume the snow waters. So does Sheol, those who have sinned. So does Sheol, those who have sinned. The womb will forget him. The worm will feed sweetly on him. He will be no more remembered. Unrighteousness will be broken as a tree. He devours the barren who don't bear. He shows no kindness to the widow. Yet God preserves the mighty by his power. He rises up who has no assurance of life. God gives them security and they rest in it. His eyes are on their ways. They are exalted yet a little while and they are gone. Yes, they are brought low. They are taken out of the way as all the others and are cut off as the tops of the ears of grain. If it isn't so now, who will prove me a liar and make my speech worth nothing? These are the comments for Job chapter 24 and the 15th speech continues. Job is still in the middle of replying to Eliphaz in the third round of speeches. And he says this, he says, why aren't there times laid up by the Almighty? Why don't those who know him see his days? So he's asked, he's kind of asking a question, why hasn't God laid up a time, the Almighty? He's, it's, the commentators seem to be saying that what he's asking is, why doesn't God just have a day where he judges everyone? <laughs> 
Well, we've got our New Testaments and we know that there is a day that he judges everyone. It's called different things. You know, some people call it Judgment Day. And um, some. And uh, I remember David Hood, he tells, he's one of the pastors here on staff, he tells some interesting stories. And, and there was a, a preacher years ago who fell into sin, a very famous preacher who was on TV in the USA, and he fell into sin. And David Hood was working at the time, not, in, not as a pastor in a church, but working as an engineer. And one of his work colleagues came to work laughing and said, ah, ha, 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 so-and-so, you know, uh, you know, making a big fuss about this so-called great example that had fallen into sin. And sometimes we do hear of people who ought to know better falling into terrible sins. And um, David, in his, when he was sharing the story, he said that he did not know what to say to that man. But he, he prayed a quick little prayer. He said, Lord, what should I say? And straight away a thought popped into his head. And he said to his friend, he said, when you're standing before the Lord on Judgment Day, you're not going to be concerned with what that other man has done. You're only going to be concerned with what you have done. It's very, very true. And so this idea, we can see here in this question, Job didn't realize there was going to be a judgment day and none of his friends did either. And that's fine. This is, you know, technically the first book in the Bible. Genesis is the first book in order, but not the first book in terms of when it happened. So we've got no Bible at the time that this happened and these people didn't realize there would be a judgment day. The Lord hadn't revealed that to people yet, but there is a judgment day. And so all things are brought to that day and the Lord gets to decide. And so there's two, there are actually two judgments and a lot of Christians don't realize this. There's the main judgment day, which some people have called the great white throne judgment because in the book of Revelation, it says that there, there you know, was the almighty one seated on a great white throne and he judged, you know, the books were opened and everyone was judged according to what was done in them. So there's that judgment, the great white throne, and on that judgment, God separates the righteous from the wicked. It's like, excuse me, sometimes um, it's been compared with harvesting where they separate the wheat from the chaff. So, you know, wheat are the little seeds that are inside the casing and it's all squished up. The casing falls away, then they throw it in the air and the casing is so light it blows away, but the seeds fall back down. So they separate them. And judgment day has been compared to that. The good are the seeds and the bad are the chaff that are blown away and are gone. And so that's the great white throne judgment. There is a day when that happens and the Lord separates righteousness from wickedness. And that's where we want to be found in Christ. Because if you're not found in Christ, then you are the wicked and you're cast away. But then a lot of people don't realize there's a second judgment. And this is a judgment for the righteous. And some people have called this the Bema seat judgment. The Bema is a Greek word. And um, Paul described this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, where he said that a day of judgment is coming where fire will test our works. And what has been built with gold and silver and precious stones will last, but what has been built with wood, hay and stubble will be burned up. So each one of us who are considered the righteous, you know, those of us who have served the Lord, the things we have done in this life will also be judged to see if we've done things that were of eternal value or things that were just of this world, this earthly value and meaningless. And we all do a lot of meaningless things, but the Lord's calling us to give our lives to things with eternal value. 
So that's the second judgment. The second judgment is the believer's judgment where God tests our works and if anything is eternal and lasting, we'll be rewarded for it. And Paul himself said that he, run, he ran this race to obtain the prize. And uh, so, and in the, just as in the, in, the star, in the sky at night, there were some brighter stars and some lighter stars, so we'll be in the resurrection. That in the judgment of the righteous, there'll be some who shine brighter than others. And I imagine when I think of that, I think of people like Daniel in the Bible as being a bright star, or Jesus's mother Mary being a bright star, you know, or Moses. I think of some people, I don't know why I think this, but I think of some famous preachers, and I won't say their names. There's one in particular that seems so famous, and yet for some reason I always feel like he's a dim star. <laughs> now you know why I'm not going to say the name, but I can't explain it. It's like a sense I have that, you know, his life is so famous to us, but from God's perspective, it was just all burnt up and it was just of little value. It's a weird feeling whenever I think about that guy. And, uh, but the point is that there are judgments. Job didn't know that there were judgments. So, so he asks the questions, why doesn't God lay up times like this? But the fact is he does. He laid up two times like this. And we ought to live our lives with those times in mind. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Job and his questioning. And he didn't know a lot back then. And I thank you that we've been able to learn from Job and learn from all the other scriptures. And I pray you'd make us strong. And Lord, my request would be that we be counted among the righteous and that, Lord, you'd help us to live lives that have eternal value and not be fruitless. In Jesus' name, amen.